So I watch uh, your beach mass all the time, and I know Father Brian likes to go on for like 45 minutes an hour, so. <laughs> I, asked, um, I asked a server Aiden before mass, I said, hey, I mean, it's a bummer on the beach to bring it up. I said, hey, when does school start, right? And he said, I love his answer, he says, I don't know. <laughs> it's in that part of summer where it's, I don't know. You know, like I said, I'm from the North Shore right now, my, my church, St. Dominic. And one of the things that makes it cool, it's one of the reasons we have uh, Tim as our alumnus, uh, is uh, we have a high school. It's a rare thing for a parish to have a high school here on Long Island. You know, you guys got Long Beach, hey, do you guys go to Long Beach Catholic? Yeah, so you guys got awesome Long Beach Catholic right here. Uh, but we got, we got a high school too, St. Dom's High School. And I'm going to be teaching uh, juniors there. I go into the classroom all the time this year, and they, you know, they learn morality. And the thing about it is... Uh, this is what I think about morality. It's something I think I got to talk about right first with them uh, when I go in. It's like, you got to know we're going to live forever. You got to know we have an immortal soul. That the whole idea of what makes something right and wrong has to do with the fact that it's not just about what feels good right now and here, but there's something way longer. There's a bigger game we're in that influences how we decide something's right or wrong. So, so... I often would start, I remember this one time, I started uh, my class on morality telling a story really important to me about something that happened. I'll tell you about it. So this guy Roy, um, he's probably watching actually. Uh, he's doing great, I saw him the other day. This guy Roy is a daily mass kind of guy, you know those kind of guys, real faithful guy. And so I'm stepping out on the altar to do the daily mass that day and they come up to me and they say, hey Father Tom, did you hear about Roy? It was a couple years ago. I said, what? He said, he went into cardiac arrest and fell down the stairs dead at the bottom of the stairs at home. His wife tried to revive him. They got the EMTs. They put him in the ambulance, non-responsive. He came to at the hospital. That, that's where he is right now. He's at the hospital. So, so after mass, I, I went to the hospital to see Roy. He was up and awake. His wife was with him. And when I walk up, he, his wife says to me, says to Roy, Roy, tell Father Tom what happened when you died. So I knew this was going to be a big thing. Uh, so I got my smartphone and I, I did the recording thing. And I recorded what Rory told me. And with these juniors, that's what I played them first. You hear me asking Roy, hey Roy, can you just, um, you're going to tell me what happened when you died, right? And you hear Roy's raspy voice. And he says, when I died, he said the first thing I saw was my body lying there at the bottom of the stairs and my wife next to me, freaking out. I saw the paramedics, the EMTs, some of you got those guys, you hero types. I saw them working on me and I saw them carrying me out of the house into the ambulance. And that's when suddenly I got surrounded by this bright white light, brighter and whiter than anything I've ever seen on earth. There was no fear there was no pain. I was certain that I was surrounded by everybody who's ever loved me and the one who does love me. I was convinced that everything I had ever heard about God was true. He says, my life passed before my eyes so fast in an instant. And I regretted anything I had ever done hurtful or wrong to anybody. And I wanted to go in deeper. But a voice I heard inside me said, you're not done yet. I have to send you back. There's things for you to do still. 
And I opened my eyes, and I was in the hospital. And I say to Roy, you hear my voice again on the tape, I say, Roy, I, I hope we have you for many more years. But is it safe to say you're not afraid for, of dying when it happens for you eventually again? And he said, I can't wait. That's the end of the tape. Silence in the classroom. A hand goes up. The kid says, will this be on the test? You know, to their credit, they're juniors, and juniors are under a lot of pressure because that's the application year, that's the college year. They really care about what counts, and we put a lot of pressure on our juniors. So to, 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 I'll give them a little excuse that way. But I, I wasn't trying to teach him something for a test. I was trying to share him a beautiful truth that changed my life. I know at least two other people who have had that experience, and I know e, uh, ER nurses. Some of you probably work in the beautiful ERs and, and things we have here, and you're heroes. You probably heard these stories too if you yourself have not had that experience. And I wanted to share it with them, something way true. And the kid just, as a kid would, it's going to be on the test. Because if it's not going to be on the test, what? He's going to stop paying attention, right? It's not going to be worthwhile. If it is on the test, he's going to try to take notes and figure out what I'm going to be asking, right? Well, something like that happened to Jesus in tonight's gospel. You know, Jesus has just been telling his disciples fantastic stories, if you could think back a couple of weeks, about there's going to be a cost to being my disciple. You're, you're going to be in strife with your family and loved ones. Uh, you're going to have to pick up your cross, something they couldn't have known how literally he meant it yet, and follow me. He's going to talk about, the, he talked about the beautiful power of faith the size of a mustard seed and how it can change the world. He's going to talk, he starts talking about a banquet. Heaven, he's given, he's given an image of heaven like Roy was giving me, of it being like a banquet surrounded by everyone you love the most. And that's going to continue the next couple of weeks. That's, that's what this is, by the way. That's why going to Mass is the most important thing you can do to prepare for your forever. Because it's the banquet. We're joining it now so that we know how to do it when we get there too. And he's telling them all these things. Beautiful things that you know are important to the heart of the Christ. The very reason why he came from his Godhead in heaven and took on our dopey bodies and walked around on our planet earth for us was to share these truths to us. And in this crowd, as he's walking to Jerusalem, and you know what's going to happen in Jerusalem, in this crowd, somebody stops him and asks, Lord, will only a few be saved? It's like, will this be on the test? <laughs> you know why this guy want to know the answer to that question? You know it and I know it. In the first reading, by the way, good proclamation, whoever our reader is. In the first reading it says, the Lord, thus says the Lord, I know their thoughts. He knows our thoughts, but you know this guy's thoughts. It's the spirituality of that junior in that class. Because if only a few are saved, then heck, I'm good. I'm one of those saved guys. Here I am talking to you, right? Lord, we ate at your table and we saw you preaching in our streets, right? Or if it's many are saved, heck, I don't have to pay attention now. That's the easy road, right? So I'm just going to sit back and rise it easy. So he's asking this question. Notice, Jesus doesn't really answer it. There are those who want him to say, no, it's only a few, you really holy, super holy types. There are those who love that and who act like that's the truth. There's many of us who take for granted that we're all going to be saved, and I think we have reason to believe that if you at all know the loving heart of your Savior. 
But then there's the problem with that. Because you say, ah, oh, if I'm going to be saved anyway, what difference does it make? Why does it matter? So you know, Jesus doesn't answer, are there few who are going to be saved or are there many? He doesn't get it. You know what he said? Did you hear what he said? Deacon Mike proclaimed it really well. I was hoping you'd emphasize it the way you did. He says, strive to enter through the narrow gate. His answer, strive. Striving, that's when you're not giving up. Striving is when you're trying. Striving is when you care. It's an awesome choice of words, strive. That's what he uses. Don't be lax. Don't let it slide. I'm not going to tell you you're going to be saved already, so you should give up trying. Because salvation, it's not a, not a goal. It's not something you earn or buy or have or possess. Salvation is a relationship, a personal one. How narrow is that gate? It's you and me, God. That's it. It's a personal thing. It's a relationship with God. You, many of you, all of you, know more about relationships and success than probably I do. You know the truth, that when you stop trying, that's when a relationship gets stale. When you stop caring and you start taking for granted, that's when love dies. That's the worst thing that can ever happen to a relationship, is people just start coexisting. No. When you guys were dating, you were striving. When you guys decided to marry and plan that incredible wedding or however you pulled it off, congratulations. That was a lot of striving and saving and scrimping and planning. And then when she said, honey, a baby's on the way, you're like, whoa. And the house you created together and all the things you went through with your children and are going through right now, this is striving. It's not easy street. Easy street's boring. Easy street is stagnant. Easy Street is dying. No, you're striving right now. And that's why you love. And that's why your life is intense. And that's why you're happy. And that's what he asks us to do. You know, one of the things I love about Beach Catholic, I have to say, is you guys strive. You don't just do Catholic like we do it every place else. You figure out new and exciting things, beach masses, cool music, screens with the lyrics, all the things you guys do. Grotto stuff, holy hour stuff, you strive. That's why there's so much Holy Spirit working here. And that's what we all got to do. That's, that's Jesus' answer. Is it few are saved? Who cares? Is it many who are saved? Are we all going to get saved whether we try or not? Who cares? Is it going to be on the test? Who cares? When you stop striving to know and love and serve and make Jesus' relationship big in your life, you reckon it. Salvation is not just when we die. Salvation starts the moment you start to strive to love Jesus, to know him more deeply. You'll never get to the end of that. You'll spend the rest of this life doing it and your heart will thrill while it happens. And then, when you go to cardiac arrest, and fall down the stairs. You'll understand 
The striving has just begun.